Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Hey, I love, uh, I love Dream Sundays. I love them for a bunch of reasons, uh, which I'm going to go into more in a second. Uh, but before I do, one of the things that I, I really enjoy about Dream Sunday is the reminder that, that church is not just the people in the room, yeah? That, that we are one of the few organizations in the world that exist for the benefit uh, of our non-members. And so it's not just us here today. In fact, I love that, that we are a part of a company, a family of people around the nation uh, and, and around the globe. I was really encouraged. Yesterday we had Equip Her. Any ladies at Equip Her yesterday? Yes, good. Uh, and one of the cool things about Equip Her is, is we had Pastor Kathy share an incredible word. Uh, and then we had two kind of smaller words from, from Pastor Martha from Budapest. Uh, and then Pastor Monica from Equippers in London. And I love being reminded that, that we're a part of something bigger than, than just this room. Yeah, that God is at work around the globe, that God is a, at work around the nation. And so uh, we're going to start by, by turning our eyes to the screen. And, and Pastor Sam, Senior Pastor of Equippers Churches, uh, is going to share just a 15-minute kind of starter for all of us. Uh, and then I'm going to get up and for about three hours, I'm going to unpack what that looks like for us locally here. So uh, we gave you those Hershey's kisses, so that means I get as much time as I want right now. Uh, for about 15 more minutes, I'll, I'll talk about what that looks like for us here. But we're going to turn our eyes to the screen. Just because Pastor Sam is on the screen does not mean that this is a movie theater. Yeah, we are engaged. We are responding. Uh, and as we do that, we create room in us for the Word of God to land. So let's be intentional about how we're responding. Uh, and join me as we welcome Pastor Sam to the big screen. It's Dream Sunday. And we're so glad you joined us. And today, we're encouraging people to dream a God dream. I don't know if you realized it, but it is 2022. That's right. And we are dreaming again. We're trying to take hold of what God has for each and every one of us when it comes to our future. And I want to say in 2022, we're not going to dream small. We're not going to retreat, but we're going to dream big. We're going to go big. In fact, that's our word for 2022 as a church is go big. If you're sitting around, buy somebody right now, just slap them, wake them up and say, go big. Because we've got a responsibility when we serve a big God who's for us. We've got a responsibility to dream big. And I love the passage that we've been focusing on in Isaiah chapter 54, where it starts off and it says, sing, O childless woman, you have never given birth, break into a loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. A little bit of a strange command to give somebody who's barren, who's unfruitful, and without, it's like, sing? Sing, but just not sing. Sing loud and sing joyfully. You know, for somebody in that situation, you'd think, you know, they want to close the curtains, watch a sad movie, and maybe sing the blues. You know, it's like, that would be match with that situation. But here the prophet says, no, what I want you to do is I want you to sing. I want you to sing loud. I want you to sing joyfully. I want you to worship because as you worship, you'll get a greater revelation of who Jesus is. And worship is the key to bringing birth to something new. This year, God wants to do something new in all of our lives. See, it's the last thing you feel like doing when you're in lack. In fact, people think, go big. You know, why are we going big? We're just coming out of a global pandemic. Well, hopefully we're coming out. You know, go big. Shouldn't we just 
slowly emerge, you know, like a bear from winter out of hiberna- coming out of hibernation. You know, big, that's too confronting, that's too in your face. But I love when it comes to the kingdom, the kingdom is so counterintuitive. If we want to increase, the Bible talks about giving away. You know, if we want to save our life, we're going to lose our life. I believe this is a time not to go small. You know, the expression, go big or go home. We've done home. And I'm saying as a church, as a people, come on, let's go big. Let's capture the heart of God and what He wants to do and what He wants to release in this next season. Because right now, there's so much need. And we can be filled with our own desires and, and, and absorbed by our own need. Or we can focus on the mission that God has to reach broken humanity, to reach those people who don't know Jesus. Uh, We're a church that's always reaching beyond ourselves. Because to reach beyond ourselves requires that you and I engage faith. And without faith, as we know, it's impossible to please God. In 2022, we aim to please God. And I pray at the end of 2022 that God looks down and goes, there's my son, there's my daughter. Look at what they're doing. Look how they trusted me. Look how they believed in me. Look how they created room and allowed me to come in and fill the gaps. Because I believe this year, if we create room, God's going to come in and He's going to fill the gaps. Go big is to have faith and confidence in the bigness of God, is to hold fast to the word that He's spoken to us, the, the promises, the prophetic words that we've received over the years. It's to remain confident when everything in the natural would cause us to be fearful and anxious. It's, it's to worship Him when, when answers seem at a distance, when, when everything can look a little bit bleak and lifeless. You know, one thing about worship and praise is it puts things in perspective. When you don't know where you're going or what's going to happen, when everything's up in the air, which let's face it, in today's world, everything is a little bit up in the air. You know, you can become anxious and overwhelmed, you know, when the future's uncertain. But I find the best thing to do is raise my hands and lift my voice and worship a God who sees all, who knows all, and is above all. Because as their vision is released, as their dreams are birthed. See, I'm not certain of what is going to happen. I know we have an inheritance, but I am certain in whom I am trusting. I trust in a, a living God who's powerful, who's big, who's present, and He wants to do something incredible in our lives. Come on, if you believe that right now, say amen. See, worship is powerful to bring something new to birth. You know, people often use this expression and they often say, oh, well, only God knows. Yeah, or only God knows. And they say that because they're not really confident when it comes to the future. I believe this year God wants us to be confident in our future. Yeah, we don't know how things are going to happen, but we know if God's spoken some things, it is going to happen. And we need to be confident and bold when it comes to what God wants to release in and through our lives. Because we know 
in the end, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, it's all going to work out. He's going to sort it out. He's going he's to make a way where there's no way. And, and I, I, I want us as a church to be confident because I know in my Bible it says Jesus is returning for a glorious, radiant, beautiful bride. He's coming back for a glorious church. So this is not a time for you and I to shrink and hide. This is a time for us to step into destiny and align our life with what God said. See, first of all, we're going to look at what God's done. How many know equippers is a miracle in motion? To think, you know, God's done so many incredible things and tens of thousands of lives are being impacted around the globe because of you. Because a group of people have stood on the Word of God and chosen to trust Him. And as a result, you know, many more today are in the kingdom because of that fact. You know, equippers, you know, it's just full of amazing, talented people who've determined to put their trust in Jesus. And, and, and I want to say, God has done this. You know, starting from one location, who would have thought around New Zealand would have close to 25 locations? And get this, got an announcement 2022. We're launching a gathering in Hamilton. That's right, the Waikato are going to know a move of God. And already Tony and Nandi and the team are gathering in that space. We've got gatherings in Fakatani. Around Auckland, we've already started some new gatherings. And, and who knows how that's going to work out. But I, I know God's called us to create room. And I know God's going to fill every space there. But 25 locations around New Zealand and around the world, you know, 15 other locations in many different countries and continents from New Zealand. Who would have thought we would be able to impact the world this year? Again, you know, we've got the gathering going on in Fiji, but officially we'll be launching Fiji. And I believe along with Tonga and Fiji, we'll be able to expand and impact a whole lot of Pacific islands, more islands around the Pacific. What God wants to do in this next season is beyond what we can even grasp in this moment. But I want to say right at the start, God has done this. Because none of us are smart enough to make this happen. None of us are strategic enough to bring this all together. The thing that started this is God. The thing who sustains this is God. And the one who will bring it to completion is God. And I feel like God's saying right now, listen to me right now, is He's saying, as he, in verse 3 of this, He says, Clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. And get this, spread out. God's saying, spread out. And think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations and you're going to resettle abandoned cities. That's the promise of God. Here, I feel like God's saying, come on, spread out. Come on, where you're crammed. I grew up with two brothers and a sister and we all used to fit in the back seat of our car and there was no elbow room. One person always had to sit forward. But I believe God's saying, hey, create space because you're going to need elbow room for the growing family that God's about to bring to us. And, and for that to happen, if we're going to spread out, spread out, number one, 
And I've got three declarations that I want you to make today on this Dream Sunday is I want you to declare, I have ownership. I have ownership. Because if we're going to spread out, it's going to require a greater ownership of what God wants to do in and through us as a corporate community. It's going to require strength to come into every area of the body. One thing we need to understand is God has no grandchildren. You and I as individuals all have direct and full access to God. But God's made us part of a body and we've all got a significant part to play in the kingdom of God. So many people look at churches and they think, well, that's the minister's role and they highlight one or two or a few, but they don't realize God's design for the church is that we all be part of this, we all own this, we all share in this, and we all, all take part in what God is doing. And God has given gifts and graces to each and every one of us. And we can use those gifts and graces for different purposes, but there's going to come a time and a place where we're going to have to stand before God and God's going to ask us, what did we do with that which He entrusted to us? Do we use it for ourselves, or do we use it for Him and His glory? To bring glory and honor to God. See, I, I really feel like we've got to spread out because in the spreading out, what's going to happen in a lot of places is more people are going to engage and more people are going to get involved. Why? Because we're going to create gaps. One thing we can't be afraid of is loose ends or gaps. And I'm believing this year, if we create space in our world, God's going to come and fill those gaps. God's going to raise up people. He's going to release resources to fill those spaces. So I want you to say right now, I have ownership. I have ownership. I am being equipped. That's a responsibility we all have to take those gifts and graces and to develop them. But not only are you being equipped, I want you to say, I am an equipper. So it's not, I'm just being equipped, but I have a role and a responsibility to pass that on to somebody else. So number one, I have ownership. The second declaration I want you to make is, I carry culture. Because our heart and our desire is not just to grow in number. What good is it if we have thousands of people, but we're not meeting the needs of our city? We're not transforming the culture of the day. See, the role of the church is not just to increase in number, but it's, it's to, to bring about kingdom culture. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Jesus prayed. And we believe the heartbeats of the kingdom are, are represented in our values, our values to honor, to excel, to advance through serving, to reach out and to do it together. Yeah, you know, I want to ask you, if you call Equippers Church your home church, are those heartbeats the church's values or are they your values? See, I believe things move forward when we align ourselves, align our values to the values 
of God. It's then and there we can bring about kingdom culture. You know, when we align our values, it's like things work right. I want to say, you know, the values, when it comes to our home, the values of our home need to be building the church. And then if the values of the church are in line and in sync, they should, those values then should build the home. The values of our home build the church, but then the values of the church also build the home. And I want us to get a bigger perspective because a lot of people have different values for different settings. But I'm saying, come on, let's enlarge our view of what God wants to do. Because in your workplace, in your studies, on the sports field, or wherever you find yourself, you're there as an ambassador to bring about the kingdom of God. So number one, I have ownership. Second declaration is I carry culture. But the third thing is, the declaration is, I am leaving a legacy. I am leaving a legacy. See, everything we do leaves a mark. We want to leave a love mark, a God mark, not a skid mark. We want to leave a deposit of God through the lives that we encounter on a daily basis. The story of our lives are written on the hearts of the people that we encounter every day. And we can make intentional decisions to make somebody else's life better. We can make intentional decisions to connect others with God. So many people define their relationship on the basis of how close they can get to that person. But when you love somebody, you need to redefine your relationship, especially when you know God. Because our relationship shouldn't be defined on how close we can get to another person. Our relationship should be defined on how close can we get that person to God. There's so many things in this world that don't matter, that are temporal. One thing we need to focus on is the eternal. And I'm praying as a church that we reach out beyond ourselves. I pray as equippers we never get old that we set a platform for the next generation, that we always reach down and outside of ourselves to embrace a people who may not know God or need a greater revelation of who He is. And so you are leaving a legacy one way or the other. And I pray we leave a God legacy, a God deposit in people's lives, that we set a foundation for the next generation to launch from. See, the danger is the older you get, and we're all getting older, is that you embrace a style or a preference of church. But I've found the more mature you are as a believer, you can actually die to your style and your preference, and you can see the Spirit of God working in a place that once you would have distanced yourself from. See, that your, the music may not be your style, but the spirit and the heart of what's being sung is the same. And I believe the challenge of the church is to keep moving forward. We want to be conservative in our belief, but contemporary in our expression. And the greatest pathway to irrelevance is when we stop serving the release of the next generation. 
The moment you stop serving is the moment you become irrelevant. And we want to hold on to the truth of God's Word, but we want to present it in a contemporary, living way where young people can grab hold of it and they can find God and walk in His plan and His purpose for their life. Come on, I want you to dream a dream, not just for yourself, but I want you to dream a dream for the next generation and the legacy that we're going to leave them. So three quick declarations is I have ownership. Second declaration is I carry culture. Third declaration is I'm leaving a God legacy. See, if we all embrace that, I believe in 2022, we're going to go big. Let's go big in 2022 and let's see what God will do. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm confident in whom I am trusting. Well, we love to see you around. Shout's going to be incredible where we all come together, but let's believe together for a massive 2022. Awesome. I hope you found that encouraging. Yeah? So good. So good. How great are those declarations? Hey, I have ownership, I carry culture, and I'm leaving a legacy. Hey, what, I, what, I, what, I, what I'd love to, to do now is I don't, I'm not going to preach a, a message on the, on the back of that. I don't think that that needs to be re-preached to you. I think there's plenty there to, to mull over and, and to think about. And uh, we'll put that up online and you can, you can have a look. Because I think there's some things to, to come back to and to really kind of wrestle out. What does that look like in, in application for me? But, but what I'd love to do, uh, just as we, as we kind of finish off the service today, like I said, for about 15 minutes or so, is I really want to look at what is, what is the local and personal application of that? Yeah, because there are some big ideas there. There are some, some moving concepts. But what does it look like for us to, to grab onto those and to apply them in our, in our own everyday lives? Is that all right? That's good because that's what I've got written down. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, but I think, you know, Sundays like today, t- to be honest, Sundays like today are, are interesting. Because right? we're, we're really intentional about a, a handful of times in the year. We'll, we'll have Sundays like today. We'll have these dream Sundays because we want to be mindful about creating spaces in which we pause and we wait on God. We don't ever want to kind of assume that God's just doing what, what's convenient and comfortable to us, that we're just kind of going through life and God will fit in the gap somewhere. We want to be mindful about reorientating ourselves towards God. What are you doing and how can I be a part of it? Not what am I doing and how can you be a part of it? And so we take these opportunities to remind ourselves that we're part of something bigger than ourselves, that we're not here just to live happy, healthy, and wealthy, but we get to be a part of what God is doing, that it's so much bigger than that. And I think it's also days like today where we talk about dreams, they can be hard, yeah, if, if we're being honest. There'll be those in the, in the room that have, that have had dreams that they feel have kind of fallen flat. They've, they've had dreams that they feel have, have died. You know, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 in the, the NLT says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, and maybe you can relate to, to that sort of a statement. And so we come together on these days and we talk about dream Sundays and God wants to do something in your life and, and I have ownership and I carry culture and I'm leaving a legacy. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, but I, if I'm being honest with myself, I, I feel like I did hope and I did dream, but, but I didn't see what I hoped to see happen. And, and so now I'm kind of, I'm a little bit dream shy. Like, I don't know if I want to hope. I don't, I don't know if I want to dream. And, and it didn't pan out how I, I, I thought it would. And it feels harder to have hoped and not seen it happen than it, it would ever have been to have not hoped at all. 
And I think as a result, we can try and avoid dreaming again to avoid the, the pain of disappointment, the heart sick of a dream unfulfilled. Or, or we question, did God really say that? Has anyone ever asked that question? Yeah? You have this big dream from God. You think God's going to move in this, in this big way and then it doesn't pan out. You think it is. You're like, well, maybe that, was that really God? You know, if you've ever asked that question, you're actually in, in fairly good company. Did God really say, wow, well, I don't know about good company. Follow me on this. But the first question in the Bible is actually, did God really say that? I say maybe not good company because it's, it's the devil who asked it, right? It's the serpent in the Garden of Eden. And he, and he says it to, to Eve. There they are in the garden. And, and, and he says to her, did God really say that you can't eat the fruit of any tree in the garden? And, and, and so to kind of wrap up today, I want to ask, what if this dream Sunday you have a dead dream? What if this dream Sunday you have a broken heart? See, notice what the serpent does here. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 to 17, we see God's warning. God says to them, it says, The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. But then when the serpent comes along in, in, in chapter 3, the serpent said, did God, says, did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? You see a little switch up there, yeah? You may eat of every tree except in comparison to can you really not eat of any tree? See, to, to sum it up, Bruce Waltke, who's an Old Testament theologian, he, he puts it this way. He says, Satan smoothly maneuvers Eve into what may appear as a sincere theological discussion, but he subverts obedience and distorts perspective by emphasizing God's prohibition, not his provision, reducing God's command to a question, doubting his sincerity, defaming his motives, and denying the truthfulness of his threat. Which is a massive statement, yeah? But all of that to say is, is when things have, have not gone how we hoped, and, and when we're wondering, did God really say that? Was that really a God dream? Can I really go again? Can I really trust again? Can I really believe again? Don't exaggerate the hard. Don't align with the devil and exaggerate the prohibition. Don't say, did God really say it couldn't be any tree? But go against the devil and emphasize the provision. You know, things do not always go how we want them to go in life, but in every situation, there's a glimmer of hope. In every situation, there is good. In every situation, it might have all gone horribly wrong, but God was with us in the midst of it, and all we can take is, God, now I know you closer in a way that I never really wanted to get to know you, pushing into you in that hardship, but now I'm closer to you, and so I'm going to take the good, the gold, the learnings from this. Because there will be a whisper in your ear, when things don't go how we thought they would, that says everything went wrong. It wasn't just a part of that that fell over. It wasn't just an aspect of that that didn't work out. Everything went wrong. It was all horrible. So never try again. And, and I'm not saying lie, right? Like I'm not saying we just pretend that it was all roses if there was pain. Be, be honest with God. But, but be honest with God in the example that we find in Scripture. I love the example we see in Psalm 77. Psalm 77, it starts in pain. The psalmist says, has the Lord rejected me forever will we never again be will he never again be kind to me is his unfailing love gone forever have his promises permanently failed has god forgotten to be gracious has he slammed the door on his compassion when there's some honesty in the moment but then it goes on in verses 11 and 12 but then i recall all you have done o lord 
I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. See, I want to encourage you today, this Dream Sunday, as as we step out into the dreams that God has for us, as we believe that God wants to do incredible things through us, as we declare that we're going big, be, be honest about your circumstances with God. Talk to God, God, it's hard for me to dream about this. God, it's hard for me to hope in this space. I hoped that this would happen, and it didn't happen. And and so stepping out, it feels hard. Be honest about your circumstances with God, but let's also be honest with ourselves about who God is. God, I'm telling you I'm finding this situation hard, but me, I'm telling you that God is still good, that God is still big, that God is still powerful, that God is still in control, that I do not understand, but God does, that I am not sovereign, but God is, that I am not all-powerful, but God is still all-powerful, that He is still on the throne, and my feelings are valid and real, and this is my experience, but my experience does not determine everything, that just because it didn't doesn't mean it won't, that I can believe again, that I can hope again. You know, I, I love our passage for this year, Isaiah chapter 54. And as I was preparing for this week, that that last portion of verse 3 really grabbed me. It says, your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. What a beautiful statement to a people who have had their land stolen. Isaiah is written to a people in in exile. This portion of Isaiah is Deuro-Isaiah. They're in the middle of of exile. They're, They're suffering. And in the middle of this situation, it says, you might be in hardship, but this hardship will not last forever. This is not the way the world is. It's just how it is right now. And your descendants will take back what was stolen, but not only that, you'll resettle what was destroyed. I love that picture, that we would resettle the ruined cities. A city, a a place of hope a place where families are built, a place of of security. In the Bible, it's the ultimate kind of biblical symbol of a a dream. It's the ultimate hope. It's the ultimate desire. And when that's taken away, it hurts. But God is saying it's not done. That the ruined cities, the broken dreams, they can be restored. The things that have been taken away, the years that the locust has stolen can be restored, can be put back. And it won't be as if it never happened. Right, God respects and loves us too much to just erase it from our memories and give us amnesia. He meets us in it because there is gold that can be taken from it, but God is faithful on the other side. And so as we're standing in maybe what might feel like the ruin of a dream, can we be a people who would have faith to resettle the ruined cities? To say, actually, we saw something. We saw a church in Ototahi that was thriving, that is growing, that reaches the city. I, I, I hope for that. I was a part of that. Maybe you sowed your heart into that. And as we talk about going again, you're like, I don't know, I've done this before. I, I wanted to see this, and I thought by now we'd be somewhere that we're not. Would you resettle the ruined city? Would you sow your heart again and say, God, I'm, I'm not saying that it has to happen in my timing. I'm just saying that this is a good enough dream, that this is a holy enough dream, that this is enough of a God dream, that I'm going big and I'm sowing my life into it. Come hell or high water, it doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter whether you fulfill it in my lifetime or my children's lifetime or their children's lifetime. I'm giving what I've got because this is the call. I'm partnering in the dream. I'm resettling the ruined cities. We are not satisfied with the brokenness of the world. We're going out and we're building something new. We're building again. Should I get the band up? I'm, I'm almost done. The, the second question in the Bible isn't from the devil. He's had enough airtime today, right? We won't talk anymore about what he says. It's from God. 
It's from God to Adam and Eve after they've decided to, to define good and evil for themselves. They've decided to try and be their own gods, essentially. And in doing so, they brought sin and, and shame into the world. And, and so they're hiding and they're hurt and their dysfunction and their confusion. And God says to them in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, where are you? Where are you? Not, not what have I done? Not what have you done, sorry. Not why did you do it? He says, where are you? Because where they are, hiding from God, and sin and shame and hurt and dysfunction reveals who they've become. God knows what they've done. God knows where they are. He's God. He's asking them because he wants them to respond. He wants them to identify where they are because in doing so, they have to face who they've become and from there, restoration can begin. Come on, I wonder, where are you today? Are you dreaming? Are you afraid to dream? Are you too complacent to dream? You know, it's interesting, every, every time we speak on, on dreams, I have conversations with people afterwards who feel bad because they feel like they lack a dream. You know, I, I hear and people are like, oh, that's cool, let's dream, but like, I don't have a dream. Does that make me a bad person? I stand in this room as, as people seem to be, you know, dreaming of God doing incredible things in their lives and the lives of their friends and their family. And, and I just, nothing lands for me and I just kind of feel confused and, and I feel bad for feeling confused and there's a whole lot of shame. And what I often hear is I don't know what God wants me to do. What do I do? You know, I felt like that. Like, I don't know what God wants me to do. I know I have. We're, we're kind of a doing-obsessed society, aren't we? It's all about what you do. Like you meet someone, and after you discuss the weather, maybe you mention the bouncy castles, you're like, well, what do you do? I'm like, what do you do for a job? What do you do during the week? It's not a bad question to ask, but it's always the front of our mind. And, and so it's natural, I think, when we think about dream, we often think, what should I do? Which is interesting because I think God is much more concerned rather than with what will I do. God's concerned with who will I become? Who is God forming you into? Not what is the list of things that you can tick the boxes of at the end of the week, the month, the year, your life, but who is the person that you are becoming? What's being developed in you? What's being grown in you? If you're struggling to feel like you have a dream, then maybe change the question today. Not what will I do, but rather in 2022, who do I want to become? Because if we're followers of Jesus, that doesn't just mean we think he has some nice ideas. It doesn't mean that we got fire insurance for the end of our life, right? That's not the goal. That's not the ultimate thing that we're going for here. We're following Jesus because we want to become more like him. We want to partner with Him in bringing something of heaven to earth. We believe that He is a call for us here and now. The dream is not just to wait it out until eternity, but that God is doing something now and that we get to be a part of it, that God is building something in us. It's about who we are becoming. This is the basis of our faith. And so in 2022, what aspects of Jesus would you love to embrace more? Maybe it's becoming more patient, more loving, more kind more courageous, more hopeful, more humble. But maybe once one of those things of who we are becoming lands in us, then we can think about what? Because we can't just think who. We're not instantly going to become who we, who we desire to be. It's not just going to, God's not going to form the character of Jesus in us just overnight as we do nothing. We get the honor and the privilege and the hard work of pursuing 
of working out with fear and trembling the salvation that we've been given, of being a part of this journey. It won't just happen. So, so how can we work it out? What can I start doing in pursuit of who I'm becoming? Start with who. And from there, land in a what? I want to become more loving. All right, so what are some opportunities for me to show love this year? I want to become more patient. Don't pray that one, right? It's, end up in some nasty places, right? But okay, here's some situations. This is what I prayed for. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue patience. God, I want to become more, more courageous. I often pray these things, and then the opportunity to step out and do something scary comes along. We're like, no, I didn't mean like that. I mean like that the scary thing wouldn't be scary. That's what courage looks like. No, no, courage looks like seeing the scary thing, doing the scary thing, not letting fear hem us in, but stepping out and call beyond our emotions. Come on, in 2022, who are you becoming? Where are you? Do you want to stay there? Is this a year in which God's going to use you, not just to bring something beautiful to, to earth, but to develop something beautiful in you? And then I think from there, we can frame that question through our declarations. I have ownership. I am being equipped and I am an equipper. We want to create space for people to belong and for people to engage. Do you belong? If you don't, how can we help? I want to be a person who belongs. Are you engaged? If you're not, how can we help? I want to be a person who is engaged. If the answer to either of those is no, then, then please, can I encourage you, talk to someone. You get in an e-group if you're not already. Go to the help desk, talk to someone, because the reality is, is that church is not a drive-through. We cannot simply place our order and go on our way. It's much harder and much better than that. So what can you do today to start to develop the character in you that you know God wants to develop? Join an e-group, be a part of a team, chat to someone at the help desk, do something. Who are you becoming? A carry culture. We want to partner with you. Is there a change that you want to see in your world and in, in, in your sphere of influence and in, in, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your family, in your friends, whatever it is? Is there a thing that you see that you say, it should not be like that, but I don't know what to do? Let us be a part of the solution. Bring us the problem and let us help you in trying to brainstorm something, brainstorm something to do. But let's not, let's resist the urge to point to a problem and be like, someone should fix that. If we see it, could it be that, that we're responsibly a part of the solution? We want mission in the hands of every believer. Let's, let's be a part of the difference that we want to see in the world. And finally, I'm leaving a legacy. Who are we bringing hope to? Let's have an eternal focus. Let's reach down and outside of our so, ourselves. Let's actively choose to not think of something of, of Sundays as something that I go to, but as something that I'm a part of. Sundays is my opportunity to create a space in the week for people to encounter God. And I believe that God is good enough that as I create space for others, I will encounter God myself. But it's not just for me. It's not a thing I go to to get my kind of pick-me-up to go throughout the rest of the week, but it's something that I contribute to, not just for myself, but for others. And then like Pastor Sam said, let's love others by doing all we can to share the hope that we have with them. In a moment, the, the band is going to lead us in worship. And, and as they do, would you do what you need to do to hear from God today? Would you take a moment and, and be honest with yourself? Where are you? Who are you becoming? Who is God calling you to be? What's the dream? Maybe today God is saying, dream again resettle the ruined cities. 
You know, earlier I read the first half of Proverbs uh, chapter 13, verse 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But you might know that it doesn't finish there. It continues, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Come on, something that doesn't just feed us, but feeds generations to come, provides shelter for others. Something that helps others hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And I believe that the chance that a dream might be fulfilled is enough of a chance to take to see a tree of life established, to see something change, to see generational poverty and hurt broken, to leave the world a better place than we encountered it. And that's the call, that's the mandate, that's the opportunity. Let's be brave enough, bold enough, trust God enough to sow some seeds. Do you stand to your feet? Come on, we're going to worship for a minute. And, and as we worship, can I encourage you, be honest with God about your circumstances. Be honest about where you're at. Be honest about what you feel the barriers are. But let's also be honest with ourselves about who God is. Remind yourself that He's big that He loves you, that He has a plan and a purpose, a call and a mission, that He has a, a dream for you. Why don't you raise your hands when you open your hearts? God, we pray in these next moments as we worship you that you would meet us. God, that we would leave different as a result of encountering your heart. God, that where we need to be encouraged, where we need healing, you would meet us. God, where we need to be called out of our complacency, out of our defensive posture, you would call us. God, that we would be a people that move forward, whatever the next step looks like for us, that none of us would stay stationary today. That we would step into the dreams, the calls, the missions and the mandates that you have for us to bring something of heaven to earth, to become the people that you're calling us to be. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.